Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org. We will find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs and these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Avi R. Uh, good evening. Um, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Avi. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, um, So I'd like to share my experience with you about how things were, um, what happened and changed me, and how are things now. Um, but first, I'd, I'd like to take me, um, to thank my um, my good friend Nikki uh, for asking me to speak, and uh, congratulations, Lisa and Crystal. Um, on your on your progress, and um, it's just amazing to see um, new people or people who have been here before doing it seriously. Um, let's see. My story, I, I believe, is a bit unusual. Uh, um, I guess we all feel that way. Um, I was born um, into a, a Orthodox Jewish family. Um, I was raised as an Orthodox Jew, um, and uh, I want to talk about food a little bit. Uh, I'm of Eastern European stock, and um, my grandmothers, God bless their heart, they loved me, um, and they loved to feed me. And I fell in love with food at their homes, and I want to tell you something, the Jewish grandmothers can cook up a storm. Um, although I'm sure a lot of grandmothers can do that too, it's just my experience. And um, I didn't particularly like them, I'll be very honest. Um, even today, I, I do not like them, but for very, very different reasons. Uh, and then I didn't like them because I was a selfish a self-centered, self-willed kid. I didn't give a damn about anyone or anything. And, um, but the food was good. And, um, <laughs> and interestingly, and I'd like to point out that the main ingredients in the food that they made um, happened to be my alcoholic foods, white flour and sugar. So that, I just think that's interesting. Um, I was a I believe I was a, uh, born a compulsive overeater. I don't have a memory of not eating compulsively. Uh, amazingly, it didn't show up on my on my weight um, until the age of 16 when I had my first hospitalization for my um, bipolar one. I also have that. The big book talks about that. We're very very prone to have addiction. Uh, it says a whole chapter could be written. Well, you didn't write that chapter, but uh, uh, it was definitely out there. And um, I was not a, a chubby kid. I was not a, a fat kid. When I was 16, even, it was 10 pounds. And I, I walked it off. Then later, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, oh, I almost forgot. Um, I got pictures to prove I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm going to pass them. Uh, my top weight is uh, 225. 
I'm about 160 now, so I'm 65 pounds off my top weight. And uh, let's see, my birthday, if I make it, uh, will be on May 30th, uh, and that will be my third birthday. Wow. And <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're, you're clapping for God. Um, I just showed up. Um, I had, um, <clears throat> you know, my, I, I gotta give my mother a break. She was, I was a firstborn, and she was a firstborn. Same was for my dad, I was a firstborn to a firstborn. So basically, they had no idea what they were doing, who were born to, pe- to parents who didn't know what they were doing. And, uh, part of it was food. And I, when, now that I think about it, we would sit down for dinner, and my mom would cook something, and I would ask for seconds. My brothers were, after the first, they were, they were fine. I would ask for seconds, and she'd cook some more. Me t- totally being unmindful that it actually takes work to cook more, and it's time. I didn't care less. And then I would ask for third, and after the third, I would be like, hmm, okay, I'm good now. Um... <laughs> My mother didn't think any, anything of it. People thought, Avi has a good appetite. He's a, what's the word, trencher man? He's a good eater. Um, and I, I come from a culture where eating and overeating are encouraged. You know, being thin is not a good thing. Um, I've had several bottoms um, in this program. And I just want to show you one of them. About 11 years ago, my maternal grandmother came from Israel for almost a month. And um, as part of her adventures here, I asked her to make a particular uh, food. Now, I, I understand you guys not only um, allowed to talk about food, but you actually encourage it. So, um, I'm just going to get to you straight. This food was um, Hungarian dumplings, and the main ingredients were white flour... Uh, breadcrumbs, oil, and I want to tell you something, it takes all day to make it, t- for an expert, it takes a whole day, probably it would take me a month, and I want to tell you that those things are really, 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 really tasty. They have to be cooked four times, four different ways. You have to do this, and then you have to do that, and then you have to bread them, and then you put them in the thing for just enough time, and then you take them out. And when I came, um, I, I I didn't get it right. I only found out afterwards that what was made was actually for my entire family, for all my brothers and sisters. I, I didn't get that. I thought it was for me. I mean, I asked for it, and you know I love them. But what the hell are you doing making for everyone? And I proceeded to eat the whole thing. And um, thank God I only lived... A seven, seven minute drive away, if even that, but somehow I managed to get in the car and to go home. It was about three in the afternoon on Sunday, and uh, all I remember is just thanking God that I had a carpet instead of uh, a floor, because uh, I passed out. It's just, I, it was too much. And I remember waking up, and looking out the windows and seeing that it was, well, let me just say, I looked at my watch and it was 7 o'clock and I didn't know if it was day becoming night 
or if I slept the whole night and it was now night becoming day and uh, just the, having the terror of that that thought that oh my god um, you know, this is really scary and I thought Avi you know what one of those days you're going to have to get help for this and um, I think it took me two more years before I, I, I made it into Ovidus Anonymous um you know, the funny thing is that, and I, I have to say it because it's part of my story, it wasn't being overweight that brought me to these rooms. And it wasn't food, and the mania of food that brought me to these rooms. Even though I was much heavier, as the pictures show, but let's face it, in our society, for whatever reason, probably economical and otherwise, um, society does not demand as much from men regarding weight as it does from women. I'm not here to pass judgment. It's just the way it is. And for the strangest reason, being 65 pounds overweight did not bother me. I'll tell you what did bother me. It bothered me that I noticed that after every time that I ate... Well, I didn't notice that in the beginning. It was pointed out to me later. I noticed that at certain times during the day, I was so tired that I literally could not stay awake. I would have to, like, take a nap. And I said to myself, Avi, you're 31 years old. You've got your whole life ahead of you, and you can't stop resting. You can't stop napping. And I, I talked to my coach about it. And he said, let me ask you a question. Um... What happens before every time you take a nap? And I said, uh, you know, now that I think about it, it's usually after a meal. He said, you know, you may be eating too much. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? I've always eaten that much. He said, yeah, well, you're always younger and, um, you know, you had more energy, but... Um, you don't anymore. Um, and slowly, slowly but surely, I started going to OA. I went for four, for four months. I went to one meeting a week, thinking I was doing the world a favor. Um, I went to, I remember, I went to the 100 pounders uh, in Culver City. And um, Roseanne was a regular then at the time, our, our co-founder, really founder. Um, and uh, what a lovely lady. Uh, just to show you how insane I was, I asked her to autograph my big book. And she said she would only autograph anything that she wrote. And I was too cheap to buy anything she wrote. So I never, never, never got that autograph. Um, the guy who gave me a hug and a chip, I asked him that night to be my sponsor. Uh, apparently, it didn't bother me that... He was um, still 100 pounds overweight. Just, you're the first person who hugged me. You must be you. And um, he gave me some pointers. And I'll be honest with you that even after I left, for after four months, I was able to maintain maybe a, a 15, 20 pound weight loss. But I was utterly miserable all those years, doing it without the steps. And without a direction of a sponsor, without going to meetings and hanging out with people that understand me, without calling people every day, without having a home group, without reading the big book, okay? 
which um, I want to talk a little more about the big book in a second. Um, I highly recommend it uh, to anyone who suffers any addiction, uh, including our own. Um, and um, what finally brought me into these rooms were um, uh, just I was in a relationship where I have been extremely dishonest about who I am. I misrepresented myself. And when it was over, and she, she called it off, um, I was crushed. And I had three months where I did not do, other than eating and passing out, I really didn't do that much. I didn't really do much more than that. And uh, it was a very scary time. Very scary. I I was afraid to. I, it reminds me a little bit of Bill's story. I mean, I, I was I was careful when I was crossing the street um, because I was so hungover from the food and so so tired all the time. You know, I, I again it's just that mania of napping and eating and passing out and just not seeing anything in sight. And my father would come to visit every once in a while and he started talking about the possibility of putting me in in something that people have recommended to him when I was 20 and now I was 37 and I, I made a lot of progress you know I even got a master's in marriage and family therapy which as a good addict without recovery I never did anything with you know, I got the degree, but I did nothing with it, and that's still stuff that's weighing on me. Um, I made I made a lot of progress. You know, I, I got a lot of outside help um, from, from a team that rehabilitated me, and I just could not, I could not face the idea that after all these years and all the, all the things that I went through, that this is going to be the end. You know, that I should be consigned to some sanitarium. And those places are not pleasant places. I mean, God bless the people that are there, and people tell you when to get up and when to go to sleep and when to eat. And um, supposedly, after a few, after a few years, you, you don't recognize yourself in the mirror, and that's a really scary thought. And uh, I didn't want to end that that way. But I knew that there was one place that I could go to that has the solution. Because when I went to Overeaters Anonymous for the first time, on the first meeting, I knew that I was a compulsive overeater. And the insanity of this disease is that I put going to Overeaters Anonymous, working the steps, getting a, a real sponsor, not like the poor guy that I had, it was on my to-do list. It was in the back burner. Not the insanity. Because if I am a true compulsive eater, and I am, then nothing in the world could be more important than doing those things. This should be the first thing on the to-do list. And today, that's how I live my life. Um, I came to, I started coming to Obedias Anonymous again. I, I went to one meeting a week, and, and then I opted to two. And God bless for the, the Overeaters Anonymous God bless the loving and tolerant people all I pitched about I didn't want to do anything about the food all I pitched about is my sleeping 
I just, all I pitched about it, and I said, there's no Sleepers Anonymous, so I'm just going to use this. <laughs> and I, I pissed off a lot of people, and I, I did that for six months. You know, thank God for you guys that you didn't kick me out. And uh, today also, when people talk, and I really, really can't stand what they're saying, I, I think about that. I mean, if people kick you out, well, where would you be? And then one evening, I, um, I went to the men's stag in Wiltshire, and... In Westwood, and there was a, a man there I've never seen before, and uh, he was uh, six foot three. I was I'm a five eleven, shrunk to a five ten by the second shit that I had on my back my whole life. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. And uh, this guy was he's too tall and he was big boned. Um, uh, he was. He had, he, I just, he had self-confidence. I talked to him a little bit. He had a job. He was engaged. Um, he was a German-American. I looked at him and I said, you know what, this guy could whoop my ass. And I am going to ask him to be my sponsor. And I asked him, would you sponsor me? And he said, he looked at me and he said, sure. So he said, tell me a little bit about your story. And uh, I told him, I don't want to do anything with the food, just help me with the sleep. <laughs> and he said, he said, let me ask you a question. How, how much experience do you have with, uh, with the 12 steps of all years? And I said, well, I, actually I don't have much of experience, but I was so stubborn. And this guy, God bless his heart, man, he, you know, he took me on. He said, you know what? i tell you what, I'm here to be of service. If you want to do it that way, let's do it. Here's what you need to do. You need to read five pages out of the big book every day. You need to write about it, what it has to do with your sleeping problem. You need to call three people. You need to call, you need to call three people every day. You need to make actual phone contact because we're isolators. Uh, you need to go to four meetings. You need to, to have a home meeting where I am, and as it turned out, that meeting became that meeting because he started going. He really liked being with other men. And um, I started doing it, and time and time again, I would, I would blow it. I would, uh, you know, I would, I would take those naps, and eventually, and he was very tough. He, he was a hard-headed man, and um, he was a... He was in the Marines for seven years. Wow. And... Just a sec. I knew, was, I knew he was the guy. I knew that I could not do it with a kinder, a kinder and gentle uh, way and person. And he was not gentle, man. <laughs> uh, and he would, he would yell at me on the phone when I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And... I want to say, people say, you know, I, I remember where I was, where JFK was shot, and I remember the places where I was when we had certain conversations. I shall never forget them. And I never forget them. And in the end of the day, I realized that until I did both the food and the sleep together with him, that I could have neither. Because when I ate too much, there was nothing left for me to do but take a nap. 
and until I, I just I could not do it. I know there's people in programs that like they they relapse on the food, but they still haven't touched alcohol. And I just look at that with awe, and I just don't get it. For me, my personal experience is I got to get straight with God in everything. And um, and I, I raised my hands and I said, you know what, I give up. And um, one of the things that this guy had me do is he had me eat the same thing for breakfast for a whole year and the same thing for lunch and dinner for a whole year. I, I hear somebody, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. Um, but through experience, bitter experience, I saw that until I did that, what would happen is that I would look forward to meals. I would, and I would start obsessing. And the obsession is in the mind. And I would be like, and I remember when I was in school, it was always like, oh, Thursday is lasagna night. And, uh, and I'd be thinking about lasagna the whole week. And you know what? That's not good. That's not good. Um, so when I know that what, I, what I'm going to have tonight and tomorrow is the same thing as yesterday and the day before yesterday, it takes all the guesswork out of it. And, and, uh, and I didn't want to do it. I was so, I was so belligerent. And finally, I, I just couldn't do it. And he said, he said, I, I said, are you telling me that I have to eat the same thing? for lunch and dinner for the rest of my life. And he said, well, I'll be honest with you, after the first year, you could change. <laughs> he said, let me ask you a question. If I told you, let's say you had terminal cancer, and I told you you have to eat two pieces of chicken for lunch and dinner for the rest of your life, or you'll die, would you do it? And when I heard that, I said, no, I, I don't want to die. I'll do it. And I did it. And... Um... um and that's what changed. That's what changed me. Um, the surrender was complete. My sponsor explained to me that we don't, um, when a mar- Marine has to surrender, he has to put his gun and he has to push it away. And he can't even look at it because it's over. It's over. Surrender is 100%. And I surrendered to the program, I surrendered to God, and I surrendered to my sponsor. I surrendered to the people that I talked to on the phone. I surrendered to the meetings. And um, and my life just kept getting better and better. And um, I want to talk a little bit about the steps. May I? Well, my sponsor told me that uh, one of the, be- the best kept secrets in OA is the 12 steps. <laughs> um, my sponsor, for the first step, he had me read the doctor's opinion. By the way, the first time I got the big book, I remember I skipped the doctor's opinion. First of all, I'm not interested in your opinion. <laughs> number one. Number two, it was in Roman numerals, and I don't read Roman numerals, dude. <laughs> Um, and I read it this time, and I highlighted and everything, and what was explained to me is that I suffer from a twofold, although 
Now, uh, through the help of um, Roy, I, I see that it's actually a threefold. Listening to a lot of the speakers that he emailed me, I've got to tell you, a lot of the speakers are, are very alarming. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk more about that later. Um, but they're, they're right. They're, I see that the truth is there. I have a threefold illness. First of all, I have a physical allergy. In my particular case, it's white flour and sugar. Everybody is different. And there are people here who can eat whatever they want. I'm really jealous. But they uh, can eat whatever they want. And their thing is not to overeat three times a day. But by and large, everybody here has got... Most people here have some kind of food that they just can't eat, like gentlemen or ladies. And for me, it's white flour and sugar. And once I have white flour and sugar, I cannot stop eating either white flour and sugar, or I stop eating that and I go and eat other things, even though that was in enough for a meal. Uh, I have also a mental obsession. And a mental obsession is, an obs a diff the definition of an obsession, as was explained to me, is, is a thought that precedes all other thoughts. So I can have, I can get up in the morning and I can say, I am not going to overeat today. And at some point during the day, whether <coughs> somebody did something and I have a resentment, or I fear something, or I'm, or whatever, or maybe I disrespected a member of the opposite uh, sex, uh, or other things, and then suddenly there will come a thought that precedes all those other good thoughts and sweet promises, and it will say, you know what, you've been good for 30 days, um, you haven't overeaten for a while, and this is only that, and it's only for today, and we don't have to tell anyone, so it's okay. And sooner or later, I'm going to act on that thought. And the only thing that can uh, get me out of that mindset is uh, taking the 12 steps um, as outlined in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, of course, we make it um, for food. And, as a, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to talk about actually what I don't have experience, but apparently there's also a spiritual malady where um, later on in chapter 2 it talks about give me a second um, in we agnostics it talks about the, the bedevilments and it says this we have to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view uh, we're having trouble with personal relationships we couldn't control our emotional nature we were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether or not we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. These bedevilments... Um, are things that I believe all hu human beings struggle with. I believe that... Um, addicts struggle with more than regular people. And if you look at the nine-step promises, they are the exact opposite of these bedevilments, uh, one by one. And um, my, my, my sponsor, thank God, he, he came from Alcoholics Anonymous, so he had that desperation. He realized 
that he, he had it in his blood that there, there is no other way and that unless I do this I will die and I will die a miserable death and uh, I didn't want to do that um, so the first three chapters um, let's see um, the doctor's opinion Bill's story we can all relate there is a solution we talked about Alcoholics Anonymous the fellowship but more importantly the spiritual solution through the 12 steps and there is a solution just talks about what happens to people who don't take the 12 steps mm-hmm. I challenge you to and he, he read this to me when I, every time I, I relapse he read me the, 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 um, the jaywalker he says, is that what you want to be like? And um, I didn't like to hear that, and I certainly didn't want to be that. Uh, we agnostics is step two. And um, for anybody here here who is new or relatively new, don't worry about God. Um, you get to define your own God here. Um, my, my teacher, Mithri, told me two things. He said, all I need to know is that, um, God, that there is a God, and I'm not him and I don't need to know anything else um, anything else is a bonus then um, the fourth step my experience with the fourth step was unpleasant it took me a long time it took me way more than it should a, a, a normal person um, bear in mind that I have other maladies, I have uh, obsessive compulsive disorder and obsessive compulsive personality disorder as it turns out and um, I had to put in a total of about about 225 hours into my four step and uh, if you never took a four step whatever you do, don't leave now if you're listening to this don't stop listening because as I said it should not take more than 15 minutes a day for a month or two that's what they recommend um, I had to find the harder way, and um, it took me about three notebooks of a hundred page um, on both sides, and um, it doesn't have to be that. But I did it. I did it, and uh, I want to tell you there was a there was a time in the fourth step. I remember that Friday night I, I was still pretending to be Orthodox at the time, and <laughs> what, what, I, what I would do is. Um, I couldn't write, but what I did, I need to put the daily effort, so I would, I, I would think about what I would write, and then on Saturday night, I would actually write it down, and I remember doing it, doing hour after hour after hour of, of four step, and I remember saying, you know, I'm never going to make it, I'm never going to make it, and it was the first time in months that I had this thought, and I thought, you know, I just can't, I can't do it. The, the big book says some people cannot do it. And I'm one of them. And um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to find a sponsor and leave away. And, uh, but I did one more thing before I did that. Um, I called my sponsor to see what he thinks about it. And um, I just can't. I can't believe how encouraging he was. He's happy, I know how you feel. But let me tell you something. The fourth step is not forever. And um, you keep praying and you put work on it. And, and he said, well, tell me, how much, how much work do you put in every day? And I said, well, I put between a half an hour to 45 minutes. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, if you want to live, double it. 
and you finish it twice as fast. You said, you said not only that, but later you'll ten minutes. Thank you. Uh, you'll start getting the promises. So he said, but don't leave. And he said, Avi, this is the step where most people leave. Okay. And um, I, I don't want you to be that person, but it's your choice. And uh, I don't know what gave me the courage, but I continued, and uh, it took me eight months to do the fourth step. We did the fifth step on a Sunday. Uh, we did it in my home. I closed all the windows. It was very hot. Um, it took ten hours. I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um... And uh, it, again, it should not take that long, but it did, because uh, I had to explain everything. Uh, <laughs> but I want to, I want to, and this is important, important to me that the day later, I, I told him the worst thing that I've ever done, and uh, he told me the worst things he ever did. I gotta tell you, mine were worse than his. But, <laughs> but, 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 but they, they were. They were cl- they were close there, and um, I swear I told them things I swore I would never tell anyone. And I want to share with you what, what happened the next day. Because the next day, uh, I was a different man. Um, and I, I felt most of the fifth-step promises, with the exception of one. It says... Once we have taken this step with holding nothing, we are delighted. You can look the world in the eye. We can be alone. Oh, I still have a problem with eye contact. But uh, it's much better. Um, we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fields far from, fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we, are be- we begin to have a spiritual experience. That feeling, The feeling that the eating problem has disappeared will often come strongly that one I didn't have we feel we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe page 75 middle paragraph and that's what happened to me I started realizing that you know what I'm just as good as everybody else and not better than the rest Um, that my sponsor has done things that are similar and look at him he's got a job he's engaged you know what his fiance even knows what he did, and she loves him the way she, the way he is, and and I realized there's no reason to look down on myself, and I became one with the universe. I swear to God, I remember the day later, just I felt that everybody was my brother and sister, and it was just incredible. The sixth step. Uh, wow. Well. <coughs> I had to make a list of my most flagrant, um, uh, my, my grocery handicaps, my worst ones. And uh, for me, it was, well, fear. Um, it was dishonesty. Um, but if of the seven deadly sins, it was uh, sloth. Um, it was anger. It was pride. I think pride was number one. (coughs) And it was lost. And um, my sponsor gave me certain tools. He said with pride, um, you have to stop giving unsolicited advice. 
you have to be respectful of other people. You have to stop arguing. And um, I said, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. This is what we do. <laughs> and he said, and he said, you broke it down to me. He said, look, man, I don't care what you are, okay? Um, we don't argue in program. It says in the big book like ten times, no argument. Argument brings tension, he said to me. And tension makes us want to seek relief. And how do we seek relief? By overeating compulsively. And... And it's still hard for me today not to argue. I, I'm so much, I, it's progress. That's progress, not perfection. That I argue much less. But every time I do, trust me, it, it, it's unpleasant afterwards. And, um, so that's as far as, um, anger, pride. Anger, yeah, he said, so no arguments. He also said one more thing, and this really, really blew my mind. He said, he talked about boundaries, and in our family there were no boundaries. And to tell the truth, even today, except for me and my sister also, um, there's no such thing as boundaries. And uh, he explained to me that part of my in, that in sober living, in astronaut living, I had to remove people, places, and things that were annoying me, or causing me harm, or endangering my abstinence. And that was very new to me. Wait, you mean to tell me that uh, I have to get another dentist? Because I really don't like the other one. I really feel he's using me like a cash cow. <laughs> and he's not telling me the truth. Um, and he said, yeah, you do. And I went ahead and did that. And I said, I really can get another computer computer guy because this one always picks arguments and he always finds ways to make fun of my limited intelligence. And he said, yeah, that's exactly what that means. Because there will come a day where you will have the ultimate argument and you will go out and binge. And if you call me after that, I will ask you why, why is this guy still... Uh, working uh, for you. Why is he helping you? Why didn't you get another guy? So I went ahead and did that. And then I said, you know, the people that give me the most grief in my life and the most argument and the most... actually in my family. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? And he said, Avi, it's the same answer. Can you, um, the first thing you have, he taught me whenever anything happens, I should see, can I accept it? If I can't, no, first thing is, can I change it? If I can't change it, can I accept it? And if I cannot accept it, then to leave. And I tried it, I tried things with my parents, I've tried everything, therapy, well, not therapy, but coaching, I've tried talking, I've tried reasoning, we had a discussion. We had the discussion that Louise Hay recommends to help to see how they were as kids, and um, they made it very clear that they don't see things the way I see things, and that they believe that their assistance to me gives them a right to beat up on me emotionally and verbally. And my sponsor explained to me, well, in that case, then you need to let them go. And if they ever change, you need to always be there for them. And if they ever need anything, 
but you don't have to help them directly. That was very hard. And, um, actually, um, I want to end on a happy note, but, um, um, I want to say that today I have a family that in every room of Ovidus Anonymous, you're all my brothers and sisters, you know that, um, I would do anything that I could as long as it didn't harm me and as long as it was reasonable. And I know that there are people here that would do it for me. And um, and my life is much better today. My life is much better today. Um, I need you guys to... I need something from you. Uh, please pray for me. And if you're listening to this, every day, every weekday between 2 to 5, I'm undergoing treatment. I need your prayers. Um, and this is due to the program. This is due to having gone through the 12 steps, at least the way my sponsor has, it, has me do it. Um, I've got to, got to a point where I could start seeing what else is missing in my life. And uh, one thing that I always suffered as a kid and uh, has persisted through um, adulthood and was not able to be fixed by the 12 steps. And let me tell you, the 12 steps are a great tool. But um, a hardware store is a great place to go to, but not if you want to buy a pair of shoes. And uh, you were not able to help me with the depression. And I was a- I'm able now for the past three months. And I don't know, those who have known me before. I'm now it's hard to smile because I'm actually reliving a lot of things I'm talking about. But I'm happy a lot more. And my mood is better, and um, I'm starting to enjoy life more and be able to be more a part of it. Um, I'm starting to I'm starting to take a look at all the things that um, that I need to take care of, and and that that is one thing I want to say about the big book. I want to say everything I need to recover from addiction is in the big book, but not everything I need for my life. Is in the big book. Okay, I need. Thank you. Um, if you need outside help, in my experience has been there's nothing wrong with it. Even the big book talks about it, so it kind of is in the big book. And I want to thank you all for letting me talk. It's- <laughs>